You need to prepare your champion to sell in the room that you're not in. You're listening to the B2B Revenue Executive Experience, a podcast dedicated to helping executives train their sales and marketing teams to optimize growth. Whether you're looking for techniques and strategies or tools and resources, you've come to the right place. Let's accelerate your growth in three, two, one. Welcome, everyone, to the B2B Revenue Executive Experience. I'm your host, Chad Sanderson. Today, we're talking about what it takes to build world-class marketing and sales organizations for tech companies in Silicon Valley, as well as the impact AI and machine learning are having on business. To help us, we have with us Ken Groey, President and Chief Revenue Officer of Weka, and prior to that, also was uh, owner of Sign Now, the number three e-signature uh, company after DocuSign and Adobe Sign, which I'm sure everybody living in the virtual world knows all about this today. Ken, thank you so much for taking time and welcome to the show. Thanks, Chad. Longtime listener and observer and fan. I'm glad to be first time on the guest. I'm calling you or talking with you through this beautiful Zoom link here in Santa Cruz. If you're familiar <laughs> with uh, Silicon Valley, most people are. It's about 20 minutes just south. Um, nice. all, all right there on the ocean. Awesome time. But thank you for having me. Oh, it's my pleasure. And so let's start with those that may not be as familiar with you as, as I am. I like to start with a customer that the question that helps our, our listeners get to know you a little bit better. And it's been one heck of a crazy year. And I'm curious when you look back over the last year, what's the largest lesson you've learned? You need to prepare. Sorry, we'll talk about this later. About half my time I'm buying things and half the time I'm selling things. So I'm kind of <laughs> a unique guest, kind of a unique guest for that president title. So you need to prepare the people you're having, you're cultivating your champion. I'm sure everyone knows what champions are, so I won't go yep. through that. You need to prepare your champion to sell in the room that you're not in. Yes. And uh, I tell my salespeople all the time, if you don't have five champions with five pieces of material and over a cadence of at least five times, you don't have them one. But the biggest piece of material I would have is have your business proposal have your, your full case, especially in COVID times, because back in March, I remember my boss came in and said, shut down everything. Right. I'm talking everything. Don't spend money. Don't hire. If you have an offer letter out, if they haven't signed it, take it back. So my point being is, and things have got a lot better and progressed since then. But my point being is you have to arm your champion to sell for you, not in the same way you do it, but in the way that they would do it, because it's just impossible in a Zoom world where you could do it all and everyone's in front of you all the time. I'll prepare that for that subcommittee and, and relish it if you could. Hope that helps, Chad. Yeah, no, perfect. And so you're a veteran executive with companies from Barracuda to Dell EMC, just to name a couple. So I'm really curious, what was it about Weka that drew you to this opportunity? Well, I'm a proud dad of three daughters. And so legacy really matters to me. So I wanted a clear path to an IPO. I really think that's cool. Uh, when I was at Barracuda, they were able to go public and actually go private. And But uh, in this particular case, I think the world needs a, I guess, a modern data platform similar to the way that VMware went to market. And I think the path is uh, pretty clear for us to go to an IPO in the next few years. Excellent. And so, all right, it's an interesting title, the interesting role, right? President and Chief Revenue Officer. And so when you look at building up this organization it, with that eye on IPO, what are the primary areas you focus on to build the type of scalability and, and make sure the revenue engine is scalable uh, that you need to, to achieve that goal? 
Well, thanks, Chad. Yeah, it's a unique title having president and CRO. Why would you do that? Well, I wanted to own the full customer life cycle. I wanted to own what they were clicking on the website, literally on you know decision point one, and then all the way through after they buy it and the repeatability and get to a high NPS. So to answer your question, I spend most of my time on, and I don't really like the word funnel. I, I prefer the, real, the word flywheel because I right. think it, it leads towards it. I have a higher ticket product here at Weka. But uh, I spend most of my time working on organically what customers see, the user experience, then nurturing existing customers. You'd be, you'd be surprised. Everyone's always trying to get to the net new, which is great. But there's a lot of people that have, you know, your company has dealt with throughout the years. For example, we have a 50,000 person database uh, record size on our CRM. How do you nurture those? And then more importantly, we'll probably talk about this in your ensuing questions. How do you nail a persona? How do you yeah. know who exactly is buying from you and, and, and speak to them in their phrase over and over and over again? Because that's what a really business is versus a consulting company. A business has a repeatable emotion that goes over and over. You got to nail the persona. You got to be able to nurture people who, for some reason, the timing wasn't there. We'll talk about BANT later, but yeah. on the T on BANT isn't there. And then organic certainly matters. Um, I live in a world full of sprints versus waterfall. And I live in a world where it's more web properties versus carbon-based life form, although we embrace both. And I think the synergist of all three certainly helps. And, okay. And so when you look at and, and put together those sales and marketing teams, what do you see as, as their commonalities, the recipe for success? We've all worked in organizations where there's this seems to be this friction point. Like marketers don't really know what salespeople do and salespeople really don't have a understanding of effective marketing communication. So I'm curious, when, when you're looking at building this team focused on that rapid growth, what do you see as their commonalities or the things that you're focused on in order to make sure those organizations are successful working together? Well, it's funny you mentioned that, that when this position was recruited for, it was for a CRO, which just to be <laughs> clear is uh, I've been a VP of sales forever. Uh, but I think the fancy title went from VP of sales uh, Chad over to CRO, what around 2013, 2014, and maybe the pay grade went up a little bit. But specifically, I changed the game and said, I'll take the job, but I have to be president. Why? I want to control the inbound. I need to control the inbound. I didn't want to depend on someone who uh, didn't understand the persona and, and that we're trying to go after. Specifically, it's a newer title, and I'll talk about this a little bit. We kind of endear ourselves to a chief data officer, CDO. I know you might laugh at that, but then, you know, who wouldn't have laughed at the role of chief people officer seven years ago or who on the chief revenue officer for a VP of sales? But to answer your question, marketing, customer success, and I call it own the number of sales, all rallies around the chief data officer, which is someone who's between a data scientist and IT. And we all know the goodness of IT. There's also some badness of IT. It doesn't move that fast. It's pretty rigorous. Good news, it keeps us safe. And keeps these at a breach. I know there's a big breach a few weeks ago we're all talking yeah. about. But then on the other side, the data scientists, the people that are literally curing COVID with vaccines or COVID resiliency or major breakthroughs and some other initiatives. But if you can synergize, you know, people coming typically from academia, the HPC world, high performance compute, and the connection with IT, the chief data officer is our persona. And it's someone who can navigate the terrain and do both of them. So to answer your question, marketing cares about the chief data officer and the user experience for our company. Sales obviously targets them and works with them. And then our customer success people want to make it so that's easier. So that's the rise for the next decade of a, a certain job title um, that certainly could help all of uh, life do better and all of uh, the world do better. 
Perfect. And so let's go back to that flywheel for a second. When, when you have in the, the minute you have one person in a room, you can do something consistently. The minute you add a second person to the room, it be, consistency of behavior and execution becomes a bit of a challenge. And so when you're building out the organization, how do you get them all headed in the same direction and keep them in alignment so that you're generating the most consistent behaviors from employee to employee, rep to rep, to maximize that that buying experience or engagement with with your customers. Awesome question, Chad. Let's talk about alignment forever. You could worry about alignment <laughs> twenty four hours a day, and you still wouldn't get there. <laughs> to uh, get alignment, we just came off it this morning, and it's kind of a weird week. Some people are on, some people are off. I told everybody if you're on this week, which which you and I obviously are, invest in yourself. So to be specific, we do a lot of what I would call game ready environment. What I mean by that is we might run mixtapes. Yes, sorry, I'm a child of the '80s. Mixtapes is, you know, across our sales teams, there were a couple inflection points that really matter, a couple sales pitches that were really well, or a couple of use cases really well, or a couple of SEs did a great job on a demo. Let's take those and sort of date myself in a digital world, but take those snippets, those seven minutes, seven minute snippets that really nailed themselves, and replay them in mixtapes. And marketing listens to those, sales listens to those and customer success. And it's kind of a badge of honor that you get on a chance to do that. So being as customer centric as possible, showing those snippets of what really worked and sometimes what didn't work. Right. I, I think creating a safe place where some marketing messages just don't get bought in or some sales pitches, marketing rolls their eyes and says, why are you talking about a, a, a use case that has nothing to do with what we've decided? I mean, that doesn't make sense. So Mondays are big for us. It's not your typical Fridays where you go through, okay, where's the forecast? But on Mondays are big. It's game ready, role play. Uh, we go through as is and to be. Basically, here's a customer's environment. Here's a customer weka, or put your own product in there. How's their life different? How's change management different? How's workflow different? How are you getting your champions? So you're getting everybody across their environment to buy in with all the changes. Because I, I was blessed to have Scott McNeely on my uh, mixtapes a couple of weeks ago. And he goes, Ken, your team's blessed to sell revolutionary technology. You've got to arm them with the tools so they can convey that when you're not in the room. So it's having a game ready environment where there's a safe place. And then you've had other guests probably say this in the past, Chad, if you fail internally, but you get ready for the real game, you've actually increased the odds of during that next game. So I don't want the first time someone's using a talk track or listening to a customer to be with the customer in the field of battle. I want them to be ready for that me the message by the time that comes up. Hope that helps on just sharing the game readiness cross-functionally across marketing and sales with us. Well, no, I think it's critical, right? If you're not if you're not finding ways to drive that understanding and consistency of behavior from rep trip, I mean, we mentioned Gong, right? Dono, as we were as we were warming up, Gong's research shows that it's the consistency of behavior is the thing that sets those organizations apart. If you're not doing something in a way to drive that understanding of the customer experience, highlight and bring to life your ICP, your ideal client. Uh, persona or profile, you're doing yourself a disservice. It becomes chaos. So, so hearing that you do that on Monday, I love the idea of the mixtapes. I grew up at the same time, so <laughs> I have, probably still have a couple of those in a in a closet as well. And so, uh, let's talk about AI and machine learning. Right, these are hot button topics for a lot of people out there. I think every person you talk to probably has a different opinion on exactly what they mean. But how is this changing or evolving your approach to building teams or focusing on the company or enabling the teams? Well, it's great. Yes. I, I think any CRO or above who isn't working on AI methodologies to get more personas or more ICPs at bat, then they're doing a disservice. So I'll answer that question in two different ways. One in functionally my job, and then one about what we're doing for impact for basically global civilization. 
So first off, you mentioned Gong. I met with one of our board members who's also a board member at Gong. Everything we do is default by Gong. So we take it as a rite of passage. Uh, we ask, obviously, for external guests. You know you're being recorded. We can opt out of it. But it, it gives us a good environment to grow, go through it. And for newer people, what a great way to come on board and see you know, 10 or 12 gongs to review right away. I've also been customer number two of Zoom. Uh, Stanford was number one when I was at Barracuda. That was number two. And uh, actually, my daughter is intern for Zoom. So we believe in recording through Zoom. And there's just nothing better than watching someone in action. And then if you're a little behind or you're a little bit new in the environment, watching at night, getting yourself better, watching the Zoom recordings and the Gong recordings. And there's some great uh, transcription um, services through Gong. In fact, I'm actually advising a company called Copilot that actually allows you to actually do real-time feedback using AI in the actual Gong itself. So imagine that you're, you're watching in uh, using a Zoom, Gong's recording it. And then if you're an SDR, hey, I wish I knew what to say next. Boom, up comes a camera. That's called Copilot, which is neat. But we can talk about that. So that's how we're using AI just to get better, more practice, more, you know, more practice swings, the better. And then, but more specifically on Weka, we're in the middle of AI. We really are. Without getting into proper names or breaching NDA, we were involved with the vaccine development, which is huge because if we have the world's fastest file system, which Weka is blessed to have, and it's probably the best race around. So no offense, not the Indianapolis 500, not the Daytona 500. Not the Boston Marathon or New York Marathon. The biggest race may be known, at least in my generation, was how quick can a vaccine gets out. So wouldn't you think the world's fastest file system had a big contribution to that? And then I'll talk about a use case that we can talk about publicly because it's very sensitive in the first case as the vaccine rolls out. But COVID resiliency is almost more important. To be really specific, be able to seek, sequence all the genomes and be able to tell who do you give the vaccine to first? Right. What's the wave so you maximize it? We're all hearing on the nightly news. I think everyone's watching the news more than ever. My wife and I certainly do, and our, two of our three daughters are with us tonight. We'll, we'll be watching that. How do you maximize this? So the quality of life, Chad, is the best it can be. So you take care of first responders, certain healthcare workers, people work in pharmacies. So you basically set up a stratification. So right. everyone gets their fair shot, notwithstanding politics but based on real genomic research. And we'll talk about a company or an organization called Genomics England, which has been working in this forever, giving advice to the United States and believe it or not, other uh, global responsibilities outside in China on how they figure the best way to get back to the new normal or the old normal as soon as possible. But uh, AI is everything we're doing. And uh, I'm glad you brought up Gong. We obviously Zoom and then Brad, uh, I think Weka.io is gonna be one of those uh, name brands that come out really quick as we come out of COVID. <laughs> and so in this environment where we're so much more virtual, there's this cross-section of AI, machine learning, there's all these tools to make us, hopefully, if we're investing our time, make us more effective. What skills do you feel are most critical for your sales leaders or just sales leaders in high tech? Well, I'm going to switch gears a little bit. I, I think people underestimate. I think people new in the marketplace get this, but in the mid-career and end career, they forget about this. I'll just be very, very uh, upfront with it. The LinkedIn profile is everything. How you conduct yourself during the Zoom. I'm famous for that if I'm having a meeting with DuPont, DuPont is on my backdrop. Right. So I always have to connect a little bit of empathy. I'm always exactly eye contact exactly on the screen with their logo in the background or something about their use case or an answers to be. So that certainly helps. My LinkedIn's always up to date because I think other people will bring this up to you, Chad, but before you get a order, don't you think someone in that company or their executive or their boss or boss's boss or procurement worst case is checking you out? Yeah, is thinking, to think if you earn the right to this. I mean, at some point you're like, wow, I'm going to give someone a $4,000 order. Is this a newbie? 
Is this, you know, are this someone that's adding value across it? So what I would say critical is be ready, be prepared, uh, update your LinkedIn profile. And then a, a quick one, I had this on a, um, a podcast earlier this week was uh, participate in actually post in LinkedIn groups of your persona. So if you're selling to chief data officers, you better be sure you're posting those groups, not like, hey, Joe, that was a great post, but rather adding to the groups as part of their interest. Believe it or not, in your customers, you can scroll the way down under interest. They belong to a bunch of different groups. I'm in a bunch of sales ones. I'm in a bunch with you, Chad, to be brutally honest. If I post, I'll call it pay it forward type things. Almost like today, I'm not getting anything from this and you're not getting anything from this. But We'll pay it forward. Someone listening to me or you will get some words of wisdom and the whole profession gets better. I think if you post, you know, leading, you know, subject matter expertise, you know, insightful articles to the groups, the people that you're selling to will see it naturally. And I would say that's a big point, meaning like if you Google search something, no one goes to the paid ads. If you go by a surfboard tomorrow, (laughs) you don't go to the paid ads, you go to the first organic one. And you probably go to on surfboards. I just threw this out because I'm across from the surf. You might go to whichever one is rated the highest by, I don't know, Consumer Reports or Surfing Magazine or G2 Crowd or Gartner or someone like that. My point being is whatever your peer group is, especially the younger demographic, whatever they've said is the best organically, that's what you have out there. So you almost want to have that data posted so your persona or your ICP sees it in the wild and it looks authentic. I think we've all had the situation in the past uh, pre-COVID when you were going to buy a vehicle. Let's say you're going to buy a Tesla, for example. And you're like, I just don't know if that was the right car for me. Maybe if I see it in the wild, it will give me a sign. And then lo and behold, you see <laughs> six Teslas sing around. Your filters changed. And uh, that's what that's what I think the, the person and the executive should work very hard with on a sales professional, posting to groups on LinkedIn so that people know you care and you're not just like, yeah, 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 give me your money. Yeah, love it. All right, so let's take a little pivot here and talk about Weka for a second, just for those that aren't familiar. How would you summarize what does Weka do? Uh, what a great TF question. We make <laughs> a limitless data platform. So it's the world's fastest file system, and we tend to solve the world's biggest problems. Specifically, we source to autonomous vehicles. So if you see a, a vehicle outside, it is using sensors up to a satellite. You would think that, that those sensors want to send the information as fast as possible, and it does. So if you're a first mover in a Tom's vehicle, we have supplied that to you here at Weka, And that just shows where Tom's vehicles are going as far as that. We also supply to the Thomas fleets, you know, people that are doing trucking for the supply chain. You know, you might have trucks going across uh, the, the country, actually taking care of the supply chain, doing that autonomously. We also supply to Thomas flights. Yes, believe it or not, there's autonomous helicopters, drones, and large aircraft going transcontinental autonomously, all using Weka because the resiliency and the speed of going out to those satellites. I mentioned this before, we're uh, involved with not just COVID for the vaccine, but COVID for the uh, COVID resiliency. We're also involved with major pharmaceutical companies, everything from multiple sclerosis up to cystic fibrosis, up to Alzheimer's. So basically trying to get to a cure, because at the end of the day, to get to a cure, all you're doing is genomic sequencing. And right. If you could do that quicker, and you could run what I would call a parallel file system. For those saying, wow, this guy's really technical. Not really. All a parallel file system is, imagine AI, and instead of everyone sharing the same, I guess you'd call it a Microsoft doc that everyone has to use and everyone writes over and everyone gets frustrated that you change your own changes. Imagine the world where you have a Google doc instead of a Microsoft Word document and where everyone can write over each other and collaborate and you get a better document. Imagine you know, having 200 scientists have to be able to do share and use that resources. That's basically what a parallel file system is. 
So to recap, autonomous vehicles, first movers, whether it be passengers, whether it be trucking, whether it be flights, um, anything to do with pharmaceutical and life sciences, anything around genomes, anything that speed matters, where time is money and money is time. And then something as simple as this. Um, last night I escaped to go to CVS and bought, you know, basically for, for allergies, I just bought, you know, a, a Claritin D. Well, I had to wait in line for a half hour. And then if it was out of stock, I had to go to another CVS, then another CVS. Oof. Believe it or not, Chad, that would actually cause a false positive. So we do a lot of, you know, thinking I'm Walter White, trying to buy all the Claritin D out there and make a mess. <laughs> for the record, for the record, I'm not that guy. I'm not that guy. I'm not good enough to be a science teacher. And I'm not sure what Walter White did. But my point being is, my credit card company knows if I go to three CVSs to buy Claritin D, I'm not creating a meth lab, so they don't create a false positive. Right. The user experience of doing that in through fraud detection, through financials, so whether it be Quantalytics, Quant's doing, getting advantage during markets or making sure you don't have a fraud detection that's a false positive. So anywhere there's money is time, time is money. Anywhere there's a need for a limitless data platform, that's what Weka IO spends its time on. Love it. And so as we head into the new year and you put together that strategy, that top line business objective for Weka going into uh, 2021 and beyond to get to that IPO, what is that top level business strategy for the organization? Well, we just started a new one. We're going to do a uh, launch of the messaging around February timeframe and whether it be on our website, whether it be on our um, UI, whether it be in any exchange, whether it be PowerPoint or Zoom, we're going to rally around uh, scale, speed, and uh, simplicity. So that's the big message we have around the three S's. So simplicity, speed, and scale. And that you could probably find a use case for the speed for us, but if we only talk about speed, we'll only get the speed freaks. Right. We talk about you know the synergist of all three, the fact that we're best in either of those three, but we're the only one who can do all three of those around it. I think it will open us up to more people who find us because admittedly, Chad, our background is from HPC. So we're basically, if you were a, uh, a, a data scientist at MIT or Stanford or Cornell, you know Weka. In fact, right. you might even have a tattoo of Weka <laughs> on your body. It might be a temporary one, but you know and love us. Right. And all of a sudden the world's like, wait a minute, if I don't have an AI solution in my environment, I'm losing to someone who does. And we can talk about that in retail in just a second. But my point being is we're rounding the company around so it's not just speed, it's scale, and it's it's uh, just simplicity. So the ease of use and be able to do more with less so you can manage, I don't know, 70 petabytes by a single person wow. versus some other solutions might need 10 people to scale, you know, 12 petabytes. But that's what we're rallying around. And hopefully uh, you can give me some feedback and you, your uh, customers give me some feedback as we go into launch in February and how we're doing on that. Oh, perfect. All right. And so when we when we talk about getting that simplicity, scalability message out there along with the speed, when it comes to mobilizing your teams uh, to get that to become the reality, what's the biggest challenge that you're seeing internally that you're trying to overcome so that so that that rallying cry becomes reality? Uh, one word, we just came off our sales kickoff last week. It's leverage the force. So I love the word leverage and the force. No, that's not a Star Wars Um <laughs> What we've defined, and you probably have lots of people uh, on your show, the model that works for us is we're only software, only sold as descriptions, and we use OPP to sell it. No, that's not a Naughty by Nature song, although it's a great song. <laughs> OPP stands for other people's people. What I mean by that is during COVID, you don't want to be the new startup that has this great thing, but it's tough to get to procurement. If right. there's any way it can be Trojan horsed and actually put inside of the servers you're already buying, an example, Chad, Everything we sell is inside of an HPE SKU or a Dell product or server or AWS 
or Supermicro or anybody you're traditionally using or Penguin Computing or Hitachi Ventara. My point being is whoever you're buying a service from, keep buying it. And all you need to say is, I want to put Weka within this. Yes, Weka within. I love alliteration. <laughs> no different than you and I uh, 20 years ago, if we're going around Denver or Castle Rock, wherever we're going around to, and we want to buy a computer. Well, we probably would have disagreed on the outside brand, but the inside brand, you and I both say, let's get an Intel computer. Right. You know, Intel-based microprocessor is a certain quality standard, a certain openness, I'll say a certain scale, simplicity, and speed to it. So those three S's are into the Intel inside, and that message is kind of watered out, but it had a nice couple decade life. Weka Within will be the go forward where people will say, I want to pay, I don't know, another 11% for something that's 10 times faster. And nice. you turbocharge your servers so you can get AI done because that's a competitive weapon for 2021. Absolutely. All right. So let's change direction here a little bit. We ask all of our guests two standard questions at the end of each interview. First is simply as CEO and chief revenue officer, that means you're a prospect for many sales professionals out there. And I'm always curious when somebody doesn't have that trusted referral in, because that's obviously the best way to, to get your attention. But when they don't have that, how do they, what works best for you for them to capture your attention and build the credibility to earn some time on your calendar to have a discussion? Well, don't say, do you have 10 minutes next Tuesday? Don't do that. Um, <laughs> what, I would, what, I would, what I would say, and don't hide behind bots or hide behind a sequence. I don't mind, and I understand most people in their 20s are going to have SDRs. I mean, where I'm on the street right now, I would say 90% of the people in their 20s are SDRs in, in a, yeah. uh, a room in their house right now. And I feel for them. And we have great SDRs in our organization. But what connects with me is, yes, in-mail does get through that's less clutter than others, not to sound like Gary Vee, but there, that's an untapped market for a lot of us. And I leverage that on videos on lunchtime Friday um, that I post out there to pay it forward like you're doing right here. But to be specific, specific, if there's a tangible use case, if you've done your research a little bit on me, not so much, oh, you went to Boston College, oh, you just get your degree at Stanford. That's good, but that's almost table stakes. Right. If you have an introduction, you're right. If someone could introduce you to me, that's great or your name drop of someone that's done business with me similar, but more importantly than the name drop or you went to college, blah, blah, blah. If you have a use case that solved my pain in a profession that's similar to mine at a use case similar to mine, meaning I'm selling $400,000 average uh, ticket size software inside of an embedded server, usually sold by Hewlett Packard or Atachi Mantara or Dell or AWS or Cisco or Atachi Mantara. If you have a product that's similar to that, similar in ticket, that impacts and solves big problems and is the world's fastest file system that someone like me has bought and had a tangible ROI, please send that to me if it's anywhere up my chain. Because remember, half my life is buying, half my uh, life is selling. Right. But if you have that, please cut to the clutter and send that to me. If you don't, please work on getting that and then don't waste my time until that happens. <laughs> I love it. I love it. All right. Last question. We call it our acceleration insight. If there's one thing you could tell sales and marketing professionals, one piece of advice that you would give them that you believe would help them achieve or crush their targets. What would it be and why? Well, I assume everyone listening to me is investing in themselves. So thank you for doing that in 2021. I really believe I'm a steal from my brethren at eight, uh, from SAP in, in the mid nineties. And when I first came into the force, I, I tried to see out who was the best. And SAP sold large, you know, $50,000 contracts of ERP software using the same model of as is and to be. Right. Um, I have a younger brother at EMC and they use the word current state, future state. I have another brother, Dennis, who's at Cisco. Same thing, current state, future state. My point being is 
show them what reality is today, architecturally. And again, I'm more talking from an IT standpoint, but show them what the architecture looks like, not just the architecture, but what their current change management, what's their current operation, what's their current uh, workflow, and then show them the future state. So it's not just enough to show them, Chad, to all the people listening to us right now on what the ROI is. That's great. But somewhere in there, there's someone's job to be Dr. No. <laughs> Dr. No can say, that's great, but it doesn't fit in our policies. That's great, but it doesn't fit in our security standards. That's great, but it doesn't work with our UI. That's great, but it doesn't work with our silos of information right now. Make it so that you show the as is and to be and include the change management structure, include yeah. the workflow. So you're champion. And remember, I don't use the word champion lightly. You've worked for a long time to earn the right of the champion's trust. Right. Help the champion help you. Yes, that's not like Jim McGuire there. But help your champion help you by showing them the answers in 2B, not just pictorially, but show that they understand your business from a change management perspective, a workflow advantage, so that you can make this happen, so that the pluses outweigh the negatives. There will be some negatives. Just like if you go take a golf lesson, guess what happens? You get worse in golf. You take a swimming lesson or whatever you do in your life, you get worse before you get better. There will be some moles of energy expunged to compensate for that, but tell them the short-term hurdles are worth the long-term gain. I think Steve Harvey has a nice speech out there. The jump is worth the effort to do the jump. Show that you can arm that. So do the answers in 2B. And that's talking my own Salesforce at the same time I do with you real time. I <laughs> love it. Ken, if a listener's interested in learning more about you or Weka, where do you want us to send them? Well, I'm on LinkedIn under Leverage Go to Market. I uh, hope you find me there, Leverage GTM. I also tweet once in a while, though not as much as often. I'm on Twitter and then obviously Instagram or email Growe, G-R-O-H-E at Weka.io. I hope to find you there uh, as part of it. And then LinkedIn is where I spend a lot of the time when I'm not going through Zooms and uh, talking to our incredible customers. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for taking the time. It's been an absolute pleasure to have you on the show. Oh, it's my honor. Uh, I think you're doing a great service for uh, the sales profession and uh, the broader uh, the world. And thanks for having me on the show. I'm honored to be on it. Excellent. All right, everybody, that does it for this episode. You know the drill, b2brevexec.com. Share with friends, family, coworkers. Let your kids listen to it instead of spend so much time on screens. And until next time, we at Value Selling Associates wish you all nothing but the greatest success. You've been listening to the B2B Revenue Executive Experience. To ensure that you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show on iTunes or your favorite podcast player. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.